Hello, you're listening to the HRD Live podcast. I'm Sam Alberti, reporter for HRD Connect, and I'll be your host. Joining me for this episode were Dr. Laura Hamill, Limeade's Chief People Officer and Chief Science Officer, and Ritu Sandhu, Senior Manager at the Limeade Institute. We discussed Limeade's new research on the power of individual mindsets, how people can identify the correct mindsets and work towards refining them, how this philosophy can be implemented in the workplace, and much more. Finally, we recorded this episode remotely during the coronavirus lockdown, so do bear in mind that the audio quality may fluctuate slightly from time to time. Enjoy the podcast. Laura, Ritu, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Excited. Excellent. Um, so from what I understand, there's some, there's some great new research that's been published by LIMED Institute, uh, which, which touches on uh, the powerful role of individual mindsets in the workplace. Um, so I think what, what we should do to start off is uh, to set a nice foundation for the conversation and just discuss a little bit about what this research is actually about. Um, so Laura, if you, if you want to just give a bit of an outline for me, uh, that'd be great. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. Um, since we started LIMED, We've really just been obsessed with positive psychology, really the, the idea of how could you better understand what's right with people or really how you can think about what are the factors that drive uh, having a high quality of life. And so we have, from the very beginning, um, really incorporated the, the constructs or the ideas of positive psychology into what Limeade is all about. Even the well-being assessment that we administer um, has many different aspects of positive psychology in the well-being assessment. So we've been gathering this data um, on topics like optimism and self-efficacy and gratitude and resilience for 14 years now. And we have done some different research studies on that data but this is a particularly cool version of, of a research study because we're looking at it in a very holistic way. Um, and we call it activators. It's just this idea that in your, in your life, you can do some things to activate having a better quality of life right now, today. And so, Ritu, do you want to share a little bit more around the actual study itself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like Laura mentioned, we have incorporated um, many, many different um, mindsets really in our assessments over the years. So uh, for this study, we've taken seven um, and they are openness and optimism, resilience, gratitude, purpose, mindfulness, self-efficacy, and emotion regulation. So taken these and we've asked individuals through many, many items um, for, for them to answer where they find themselves on each of these. And we gathered all of those and from just the past year, 2019, we took all the employees who had answered um, for these items and collected all of them, cleaned up the data, had over half a million um, employees in the final data set and looked at, you know, how are these different um, activators behaving? What's going on? And first and foremost, we found that they all related to each other. There was a statistical significant relationship between each of these activators. So if you think about taking self-efficacy, for example, if I had a higher sense of confidence in myself, 
in my abilities, I was more likely to be resilient. So just stopping there and seeing those relationships was super fascinating for us and seeing that each of these related to one another. But then we wanted to ask, OK, we've known over the years and through so much research in positive psychology and in tons of different fields, we know that these these are really important to outcomes in life. And we've also gathered data on employee engagement levels, stress, overall well-being and productivity at work. So we wanted to see to what extent do these activators, these these mindsets predict work outcomes. And stress in my life and my overall well-being. And we found that all of these mindsets, each and every one of them, predicted these outcomes. They predicted employee engagement levels. They predicted the stress in my life. They predicted overall well-being and my productivity at work. So what's really, really fascinating is that I think um, these, when you when you have heard of these mindsets and you've heard, you know, just focus on your on on the extent to which you're mindful in life, it's typically related to a just relax, you know, just kind of calm down and mm. and be happy. And this sort of surface level, maybe um, overemphasis on well-being thing. But we what we found is that it's really just a human experience thing. You know, having higher levels of gratitude, of a sense of purpose, of resilience in my life, they're going to relate to how I show up at work as well. Um, and so I, I just really love the the name that we're approaching this with is activators, right? It's an active role that these mindsets play in our life. They're not passive. Um, so that's that's really the the study in a nutshell and how we approach this concept of experience activators. And what I really liked about this is the idea, I use this analogy of tools in your toolbox, right? So mm. it's not that you just use one thing, like resilience is the only thing you need to use in your life. It actually, there's a whole set of different activators or things that you can do and that they all matter. And if we all thought about them like, oh gosh, you know, I need to work a little bit more on my, you know, connecting with my sense of purpose, but also being optimistic and thinking about those in different situations and across your life. I think it's just a really positive set of of things that we can resources that we could have at our fingertips. OK, great. Um, and you both obviously mentioned uh, stress uh, quite frequently then. Of course, that's a big part of this because you know, with, with the changes we've seen in the workplace is something that has naturally just risen, not only among the workforce, but just the population in general this year. Um, so I've been interested to know, Laura, just uh, just to start off with, um, what do you perceive uh, is the organization's role in, in helping employees with this um, as it stands? Yeah. yeah, the organization plays a huge role. And Ritu and I are both organizational psychologists. <laughs> so we absolutely believe the organization plays a, an extremely important role. Mm -hmm. And there's so much good research on this. There's this whole field of study called organizational support theory. And we've used that research and done our own research in the Institute and really have found that the more um, an employee feels supported and cared for, the more likely they're to ha they are to have higher levels of well-being, higher levels of engagement, higher levels of inclusion, 
and the more likely they are to recommend their company as a great place to work. So we've done a lot of work around how do you operationalize this idea of support and care? And what we have found is that managers, probably no surprise, but managers play a huge role in really making their employees feel cared for as human beings. Um, and then it's also really important to have tools and resources that show you that care about your employees and that leaders are good role models and also actively show care. So some of the research we've done really tries to operationalize what does that look like in an organization. Um, Richard, do you wanna talk a little bit about um, the concept of burnout here? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that the um, burnout is such an interesting, um, I think, concept that highlights that it's it's not just all on me, right? It's not just a go deal with it, Ritu problem. It's what I'm experiencing at work and the extent to which my organization, my manager, my leaders, my team, how I'm interacting with them, that's all going to contribute to my overall experience. And so, um, within the concept of burnout there's this um there's this notion of demands and resources so demands are things that just take up energy from our lives anything that you can think of that maybe just takes up some energy and uh, drains your cup a little bit those are demands and then resources do the opposite they give you energy they fill your cup back up and so within burnout, um, many, many of the factors that actually contribute to employee burnout are organizational demands. It's my manager not clarifying my role for me. It's not feeling supported in um, the day-to-day -day tasks that I need to do, or maybe just managing my life overall as a human being and not being, not being recognized for, for what I have going on. And so taking that notion of course my organization is going to contribute to my overall experience and we think about these activators let's just take gratitude for example if i am just busting my butt at work and i am contributing left and right and i think i'm doing an awesome job and i'm the only one giving myself a pat on the back versus hearing it from my manager versus getting recognized from leadership versus hearing it from my team and everyone just being in it together that's a huge difference and um you know we actually dug into that a little bit within this study and and looked into what's the relationship between these individual components um all of these activators each and every one and organizational factors um, so we also had data on the extent to which individuals felt like their organization supported them and their well-being and the extent to which they felt like the culture at their company was a positive one. Mm. And so we took that data and, and looked at the relationship between those variables and the mindsets and found that they were actually significantly related. There was something going on that made them relate to each other. And then when we put the outcomes into the equation and looked at, okay, well, what's still predicting, let's say engagement, for example, mm -hmm. we found that these organizational variables, organizational support and a positive culture uniquely predicted engagement, stress in my life, my overall well-being, and my productivity. 
What's important to highlight there is it's not just all on the individual, and I think that's an important thing that we want to call out with even this this study or or this this research in general is these are things that individuals can focus on for themselves, but it's like any relationship. I interact with my organization. I interact with the people there. I have a relationship that's going to impact my life. There are things that I can do, but there are absolutely things that organizations can do. And it's important to recognize that, of course, it's going to play a role in my life and impact mm. something like stress. OK, great. Well, um, let's let's dig into this idea of mindsets a little bit more then, because that's obviously what forms the core of this this research you're talking about. Um, so Ritu, I'd be, I'd be interested to know, how do you think people can can work on their mindsets, first of all? Um, and how does one know what, what they actually need to work on to begin with? Yeah, what's really interesting is that um, I think so often these things get dismissed as a you either have it or you don't. You know, either you're someone who's just really, really optimistic and oh, that person's so mindful and they just have a sense of confidence that I can't have. Um, I think where it starts is recognizing that, no, these things are malleable. We could all work on them, each and every one of us. We are able to work on these things in our life. Mm. And so recognizing that first and foremost, because I think that just gets in the way as, as a dismissed, uh, they just, they're just higher on those things than I am. So recognizing that. And then I would say just focus on one. Mm. And and focus on maybe the the one that um, you feel like you're maybe you're struggling with most, or maybe you've just forgotten in life. And so I, I think that um, it, an interesting thing we found in the in the research was that if you double clicked into these outcomes, if you double clicked into engagement, for example, say you're really really struggling with with work right now, and you're just having a hard time staying connected, of course, right? There's so much going on in life. Yeah. What we found with engagement is that when you double clicked in, having a sense of purpose was actually really, really impactful. So all of these activators matter. They're each important, but maybe it's engagement that you're struggling with. I would say focus on sense of purpose. What really brought you to the organization? Why do you do your work? And, and by why, I mean, what's the bigger picture? What are you contributing to? How do you see impact people? Remind yourself of those things. And and then going back to this, this concept of um, activators, right? it's active. It's an active practice of, of catching yourself, of, of really reframing each and every um, interaction you have, everything that you're really thinking and doing in your life, it's its an active thing. We, we do need to work on it. And there's research that has shown that that you really can. And, and Laura actually, um, you know, presented to, a, to an internal, we have an employee resource group called Developing Professionals. And so Laura, you want to talk about the, the gratitude research you presented? Yeah, for sure. And just to give an example, um, the work around gratitude is rich, right? And I think many of us know that, hey, you should you should practice gratitude, even that you, you know, what if you had a gratitude journal? And there's a lot of, um, I think, kind of hype around gratitude. 
But I think what's really interesting is if we think about it as a mindset of sort of like having this idea of feeling grateful through kind of all experiences and feeling a sense of more of a sense of abundance versus constraint, it, it's very different than just thinking about gratitude from a transactional perspective. Like you give me something and I say I'm a kind person, so I say thank you to you, that it's more of a mindset around the, around your life and the, all the opportunities you have. And so I think one of the things that um, we talked about in that session was just, you know, how we reframe things. I think reframing is such a powerful tool with all of these activators and how you kind of start to think about I get to versus I have to. Like, I'm so grateful that I have this life that I have. And um, to to Ritu's point, it's a practice. And I do it, you know, I work so hard at this practice myself. Um, some days I wake up and say, oh my gosh, I've got 14 meetings today and I, how am I going to have the energy to do this? And then I really work on actively changing how I'm talking to myself about it. I reframe it and say, who gets to do these kinds of things? I am so grateful that I have a career that I love and I get to talk to people about things that matter. And so I actively practice that. And so I think for people to really understand for from you know Ritu's point that you can learn these things, but it's also a bit of a philosophical shift. And it sounds kind of silly, but it's this idea that you actually get to decide what you think about. <laughs> and I know it sounds goofy and silly, but there was actually, I was not a young person when I finally realized that I get to decide what I think about. And, you know, I have been really trying to instill that in the people I work with and in my children. I remember sitting with my daughter when she was, I think, like three or four years old and she was having nightmares and she was scared, um, scared to go to sleep. And I was talking to her about just this idea that you get to decide if you're thinking about that monster or not. And, and again, it sounds silly, but I think we all have monsters in our lives on a daily basis. Sometimes it's just being tired or being, it's a grind or working on something you don't want to work on or with people who you're not loving. And I think we all could be reminded and, and really it's helpful to remember you get to decide how you think about the world. You get to to decide how you interact with the world. And that's why I love this research so much. It is so empowering. Um, Even though, you know, Ritu and I completely feel that the organization plays a huge role in this, sometimes we're in situations where our organizations aren't doing a great job or we can't change jobs. We just want people to know there's something you can do. You can decide how you think about things and you can decide how you interact with the world. And it's just... I think it's just really powerful. And I would I would just add on to to that. I think that was really well said, Laura. Um, the I would really call out that right. We included seven different mindsets in our in our study, and I think that especially today, and I'd say sometimes particularly within the work realm. Um, there's this overemphasis on what's the mindset of the day. And so, you know, you you hear just be resilient, work on your sense of resilience, just this double down on resiliency, which is absolutely important, right? We found that it was in our in our study, but I think it's expanding the scope and saying that, you know, maybe it's maybe it's focusing on us on gratitude. Maybe that's the thing that's 
making it such that it's hard for me to be resilient because I can't, I've either lost sense of why I'm, I'm in this to begin with or the, the energy that a sense of gratitude gives me in my life and taking a step back really um, and expanding your scope and saying, what's going on in my life? Where, where am I? What am I thankful for? Um, and so, and we found that, you know, compared to just resilience or just mindfulness that all of these, each and every one can be worked on. So maybe it's taking one, maybe it's saying, focusing on one this week and one next week. But um, it's just to, I think, to remind everyone out there that in, it might be a positive effort or positive intent um, to, to say, just be resilient. But I think that and I, I even think that that's sometimes used as a just figure it out, right? Like just be just be resilient. Um, but it's actually these are these are positive things in our life, right? Going back to positive psychology, um, and these are things that I shouldn't just have to tough it out. It's a sense of I get to. It's a shift in mindset. It's a positive thing versus I just need to. Um, again, I don't know if that's getting too philosophical or if that even makes sense, but um, I, I think it's just worth calling that out and, and not using these as as weapons, but really using them as um, activators and something that can open up more energy and possibility in our life. Mm. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for your insight today. You've been you've been so thorough. I really appreciate that. Uh, this is obviously a very interesting and, and potentially complicated topic. So I'm sure we could talk about it forever. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, we are running out of time. So what I'd like to do, which is something we always do, um, which is just finish up finish off by asking you what your maybe your golden rules or top pieces of advice are for for organisations that would like to implement this kind of uh, philosophy and approach in their own organisations. Um, so you know, just a few top line thoughts. And if we start with you, Laura. Sure. I think it's just the idea that you get to decide, you know, you get to decide what you think about, you get to decide who you are and how you interact with the world. And so are you doing that, right? Are you actively being the kind of person that you want to be? Is there intention in what you're doing? And I just want people to understand that you, you know, you really can make that happen and, and define it for yourself. I would say build it up in others. Mm. You know, think about how you could build a sense of self-efficacy in those around you. If you're a manager, if you're a teammate, if you're a leader, think about all these things and how you're influencing everyone that surrounds you. And and it might be that you need to role model it. If if you're if you're constantly approaching it as a I have to versus I get to what's the what's the message you're sending to to everyone around you um and so i i think that's what i would leave with is think about how you can build this up and not only yourself but those around you fantastic well uh, guys thanks so much for joining me on the podcast it's uh, it's been a pleasure to have you thank you so much it was fun thanks sam thanks me too thanks sam thanks for listening to this edition of the hrd live podcast If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to stay on the lookout as we are now once again releasing new episodes on a fortnightly basis. Finally, remember to head over to hrdconnect.com for more insight and analysis on the future of work. In addition to a range of articles, podcasts and video content, you'll also find our brand new content hub 
which can be accessed from the top of the homepage. Here, you'll have access to the very best of HRD Connect's content, in addition to some exclusive extras. We hope to see you over there. Until next time, goodbye.